This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn. I'm Dashran Johan. Recently, Dato Sri Rina Momad Harun, who's the Ministry uh, Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, gave a speech discussing the sexual exploitation of children online at a campaign. Now, the campaign is a very good one in principle. However, the minister did receive tremendous backlash from the public on social media because she conflated child pornography with children consuming porn, which are two completely separate issues altogether. So on today's show, we're going to be unpacking exactly that. Joining me on the show today is Karen Lai. She's the Program Director at the Women's Centre for Change, WCC. Welcome to the show, Karen. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Dashran. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good as well. Um, let's start with some overall thoughts. YB Rina Harun gave a speech after launching a campaign against online sexual crimes and children. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of a speech? Uh, first of all, I'd like to commend the minister and the ministry for speaking up on this very serious and important issue. And as you've correctly pointed out, the campaign itself is a commendable one. Uh, first thoughts about the image imageries uh, of the campaign. I think the cactus itself uh, already sent out a very confusing message. A cactus is a, is a thorny and a hurtful uh, plant. Yeah, it's right. not something you want to touch uh, so easily without without getting yourself hurt potentially. Yep. So it's not a particularly child friendly image, uh, and that sent out a lot of mixed signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other point of the campaign that we found a bit strange was: do do we are we saying that we expect children to be uh, resilient? in the face of abuse, if they're referring to the resilience of the cactus, you know, uh, right. as a selling point, uh, when the children are the ones that need protection in this case. So so the, the campaign itself, I think, was problematic in that way. Yeah, But the speech afterwards certainly did not help. Uh, and, and again, as you've correctly pointed out, the conflation of both the issues was quite unfortunate because both are important issues. And I think we can unpack that a little further as we go along. Absolutely. So as, uh, as you pointed out, you know, there's been a lot of confusion, um, uh, with various aspects of the campaign, but particularly the speech. So let's unpack it. What is the mm. difference, Karen, between child pornography and children consuming pornography? Sure. Uh, well, child pornography uh, is very clearly defined in the Sexual Offences Against Children Act 2017, yeah? uh, specifically Section 4. And, uh, you know, it's it's basically a situation uh, where children are made subjects of pornography. Like, for example, uh, images or, or visuals, audios, written, etc. Uh, uh, material of a child engaged in sexually explicit conduct, of a person appearing to be a child engaged in such conduct, realistic and graphic images, and so on. So the law is very, very clear on this. Uh, and it's baffling how anyone... <laughs> Uh, could confuse this in, in the face of this uh, uh, clear-cut definition in our law. Right. Uh, to contrast, children consuming porn would be, well, children are, are defined as those uh, below the age of 18 years. And if they're consuming porn, then they're essentially uh, this young, uh, these young people uh, or children uh, are consuming such materials. Mm-hmm. So to, to me, it's, it's crystal clear what the difference is. Right. And just to be clear, when we talk uh, specifically about child pornography, we are talking about sexual exploitation of minors, right? And, Absolutely. And, and, and there is no um, two ways of looking at it. Just to yes. reiterate, um, it is, there's no, children cannot give consent in the matter, right? Yes. What the law deems, uh, for example, in, in cases of rape mm-hmm. uh, for girls below 16, uh, the, if uh, sexual intercourse takes place, then, 
it's considered statutory rape. Yep. The presumption in law is that children are unable to consent uh, mm-hmm. to sexual acts. Lah. Absolutely. So that's quite clear. Yeah, it's quite clear. Right. You clearly broke down the difference between um, child porn and, and children consuming porn. Why is it important to know the difference? Uh, apart from the fact that whoever's in power should very be well aware of the law uh, and, the, and the concepts right. involved, uh, I think the short answer would be so that the problem can be uh, properly solved. That is to say that you protect the correct victims uh, or you address the correct target group whom the law intends to protect, that is child victims. Uh, and that you target the correct perpetrators involved. That is, those that are consuming such uh, violations. Karen, YB Rina Harun also mentioned that there are more than 100,000 Malaysian registered IP addresses identified for involvement, involvement in child pornography. But given the, the speech as a whole, um, do we have any clarification if the 100,000 IP addresses actually involve the sharing and consumption of the sexual um, exploitation and abuse of minors, or are they 100,000 IP addresses of children consuming pornographic material? I don't know for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't say uh, for a fact. But I presume that it refers to child porn. Lah. That okay. is the former category. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but the point is, you know, uh, the confusion or the conflation of the issues leads to this confusion about the facts. And, right. Uh, that's, that's really quite unfortunate. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking yeah. of confusion, um, the minister also said, and I quote, my ministry views this trend as an unhealthy development, especially mm. as it involves vulnerable groups. Since exposure to child pornography leads to sex addiction, which can mm. eventually lead to other sexual issues, end quote. Mm. Now, Karen, this also left me scratching my head a little bit. Um, especially Not just the, you, I think many Malaysians also a, Absolutely, and, and, and it, <laughs> especially the part where, you know, she, she talks about how consuming child pornography leads to, to sex addiction. But Karen, doesn't consuming porn in general at an excessive rate potentially lead to sex addiction? Because the main issue of consuming child pornography isn't so much sex addiction by the consumers, right? But a violation of a minor. As, as you've correctly pointed out, the main issue of consuming child pornography is not so much sex addiction, but a violation of a minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so the message was really uh, quite fuzzy. And there are two separate issues at play, and both are important issues which deserve uh, well, separate treatment in their own right. Lah. Right. So that, that would be my take. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not one or the other, but both, both need uh, to, be, to be treated carefully. Right. So there are two separate issues here. Um, mm. One Issue number one, child porn. Issue number two, children consuming mm. pornographic material. Let's zoom in on each. In 2021, um, Bukit Aman Criminal Investigation Department Director Jose Mohammad, um, he released some stats and he said that there's a total of 45 cases involving child pornography were reported during the MCO period. Um, this yeah. is an increase of 27 cases compared to the previous year prior to the MCO. Um, so uh, the, my understanding is there seems to be a rise in um, child pornography in the country. Why is this happening, Karen? Mm. Well, we at WCC are, are also very concerned with this issue because uh, just to share with you, uh, we handle a lot of cases on the ground and what we do mm-hmm. see is also younger and younger kids uh, getting involved in uh, not just the consumption, but, but also the production of pornography, yeah? production of pornographic content, uh, soliciting sex, 
and sexual favors from each other through social media and all that. And we suspect that um, COVID, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has left children particularly vulnerable, you know, including through uh, the, well, the digitalization of education, which is exacerbated when you have uh, different levels of access to such digital uh, education. Right. You know, so children in poorer households who have not had the benefit of such smooth internet connection, for example, or proper facilities, you know, uh, have been very demotivated. We're also seeing drops in literacy rates, which seriously concern us. Yeah. Uh, and that's a separate issue, but it's also interrelated mm-hmm. because I think kids are feeling very demotivated, uh, very down after what has happened. Uh, and that leaves them especially vulnerable also because they have uh, increased opportunities, you know, to connect to such people through online means. And that's the only platform to socialize. Uh, it adds to the vulnerability. So, yes, it is a very serious issue. Right. So what does the government need to do to clamp down on child pornography in Malaysia? Well, better laws uh, in terms of monitoring uh, social media platforms and all that are, of course, uh, always important to look into. But at WCC, we feel that it's especially important to reach out to families, that Mm -hmm. is children and parents, to raise awareness on this issue, uh, to educate parents on uh, how to handle uh, disclosure should that happen. Uh, to talk about things like sexuality education openly, and to teach uh, children and teenagers themselves about healthy boundaries and uh, what is safe and not safe. Yeah? I think that's a larger question and uh, a long-term issue that we have yet to resolve uh, in this country. On the show with me today is Karen Lai, Program Director, Women's Centre for Change. After the break, I ask her what the government needs to do to clamp down on child pornography in Malaysia. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashan Johan and on the show with me today is Karen Lai. She's the Program Director at the Women's Centre for Change and we're discussing the sexual exploitation of children online in light of YB Rina Harun's recent speech. So, Karen, where do you think the, the awareness levels are among uh, Malaysians? Um, whether, you know, it, with regards to these issues, um, issues of child pornography, um, even the things that, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the, the differences between um, child porn and, and children consuming porn and, and all these kinds of things. Um, what, what, where do you think the awareness levels are among um, the Malaysian masses? Well, I'm a little concerned about uh, the attitudes, uh, you know, and the cultural values surrounding such issues when it comes to children and sexuality. Right. Uh, there, uh, to bring in another related recent case, uh, Putri Balkis, I think child actress yes. uh, Putri Balkis came out and disclosed openly that she was sexually abused by her father since she was a very young child. I think she was since she was five or something. And we in the women's groups are very concerned to hear that there has been a response saying, uh, you know, from the religious authorities, saying that she, you know, should have kept this private, should have kind of tutok ayat or jaga ayat, you know. And this is quite a common reaction that we see uh, in families as well and communities. Um, and I, I don't think it's a healthy development if we encourage children not to talk about these issues. Yeah, The starting point should be believing children uh, and giving them the support they need when they choose to speak up, or any survivor for that matter, not just right. children. Yeah. So it is going on whether or not uh, parents and teachers and communities want to accept it. Yeah? Young people are naturally inclined to explore their sexuality and it's up to us as a society and as adults to support them um, in healthy ways yeah? and in ways that make a difference, uh, including to combat things like the production and consumption of child pornography. 
What can parents do about this issue? Because on the one hand, um, we do need laws. We do need yes. um, the government to take this very seriously, uh, monitor uh, the, the online space uh, more rigorously and, and things like that when it, when it comes to this issue. But on the other hand, um, before all of that uh, you know, comes into play, what, what can parents do about this? How should they educate their children on matters such as child grooming? Um, you know, because these days kids can just go online and you can be a 10 year old you think you're talking to another you know a peer and and you know and they may ask you to do certain acts which at that age you you have no idea right whether it's right or wrong and things like that so what sort of discussion should parents be having with their kids and and from what age well i think parents should have discussion uh, with their children from a very young age Uh, even toddlers can be taught simple things like Good touch and bad touch. Right. Uh, may I take the opportunity to share a bit more about WCC's program? Yes, please. Uh, we, we are a women's NGO that uh, uh, we are 37 years old this year. Mm-hmm. So we were established in 1985. And one of our signature programs is actually a program called OK Ta OK, where we teach children good touch and bad touch. Uh, we also have a program developed for slightly older children, but nowadays they're getting younger, you know. And it's called Cyber Safety because, uh, and this is right on point because it addresses online safety for children and is designed to protect uh, children against being exploited, especially being exploited sexually. Right. So we talk about things like online grooming, sexting, and so on, which is happening all around us, right. whether or not we want to accept it. Uh, so all these resources, such as our books and our videos, and we've developed uh, a series of online storybooks as well uh, on children, yeah, boy children and girl children. Uh, the, bo- the girl is called Lisa and a secret, then there's Yusri and a secret for the boys. Boys are also victims of sexual abuse, right. you know, and Sarah says no. So uh, all these uh, fantastic resources are available at www.wccpenang.org for free download. And I highly encourage listeners out there to visit our website and learn more about these issues. We have published these books in six different languages, Dashran, uh, English, Malay, Chinese, Tamil, Iban, and Kadazan. We also reach out to uh, communities in East Malaysia. Uh, our storytelling videos are also available in sign language to reach out to uh, uh, those who are hearing impaired. And our latest book, Sarah Says No, uh, covers a disabled girl. Yeah, uh, She's actually wheelchair-bound. So that's, that's also another issue because disabled children are particularly vulnerable to abuse. Uh, child- parents that are looking to have these conversations with their children or, or looking to educate their children can always reach out to us and definitely uh, get our resources to help them in this process. Lah. But it needs to be done. Uh, the other group, uh, apart from parents that we would like to reach out to, is actually educators, right. teachers, you know, childcare center minders, kindergarten teachers, you know, uh, primary school teachers. WCC works very closely with educators to raise awareness among children. Uh, so we're always very happy to support anyone who might want to start such initiatives in their communities or their schools. So if there are listeners out there that think that we can help you, uh, please get in touch. On a separate note, there's also the matter of minors consuming pornographic material. And, and basically, this means, you know, someone under the age of 18 going on websites, um, X-rated websites and, and things like that, right? Um, is this a problem? It's definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's definitely a problem and it's a pretty serious problem. As I mentioned, we see cases on the ground uh, where uh, the children not only consume porn, they also... Uh, again, uh, are involved in the production and they, they rope each other in. Yeah? Right. So you have got WhatsApp groups or other social media platforms where you know boys are passing around handful numbers of girls and getting them involved. And then the girls hook up with the, uh, with the boys and then potentially that, that, that becomes very problematic. Yeah? Uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, the, the fact that young people are exploring their sexuality uh, uh, is, is quite natural. 
And I think we really need to have safe spaces for children to have these conversations about their sexuality. You know, uh, repression doesn't help. Uh, in fact, uh, if anything, it would it would actually encourage children to be who are naturally curious anyway to find out one way or the other. Right. And one common outlet that we know they do that, uh, through which they, they do that, they do that would be through uh, consuming pornography, lah. Right. Yeah? So part of it is uh, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uncertainty and all that, and then and then uh, it's a slippery slope once you go down that way. Yeah. So has the consumption of pornography become easier because of the internet and and social media? Because I think regardless of which generation you come from, I think there is that sense of curiosity among teenagers, especially um, exploring their sexuality and whatnot. Mm. But has the consumption of pornography become easier because of the internet? Absolutely, uh, it has. I think, uh, you know, uh, how many, two, three decades ago, people were consuming porn primarily through printed means. La. Right. You know, so dirty magazines and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. nowadays, all that is, you know, really unnecessary. It's just at a, at a click of a button. Uh, you can pretty much access anything you want. And with our increasing dependency on uh, smartphones and digital technology, especially in the wake of COVID, you know, uh, all that's only to be expected. So yeah, no, no, no two ways about it. I think we also live in an era where uh, uh, it's all about the individual uh, and, and being promoted on social media. Right. You know, so, so perhaps in terms of the production of content, that's also gone up. Right. So on the whole, there are more, more options also, you know, both for producers right. and consumers uh, of pornography. And it's a very uh, image-oriented society that we live in these days. So mm. we need to question also uh, our values in this regard. Absolutely. Um, Karen, do we need policies and laws to prevent minors from, uh, I mean, new policies and laws to prevent minors from consuming pornographic material? Because... Porn websites are essentially already banned in Malaysia. Exactly. I mean, pornographic material is already uh, yeah. uh, illegal in that sense. So the laws are in place. Uh, I I really think what's needed is uh, a mindset shift. Hmm. Yeah, a mindset shift, and uh, you know, just real meaningful conversations with our young people on their sexuality. You know, to educate them to make uh, better choices for themselves and also for others. Right. Um, so in, in this regard, what can we do? Is it, is it, you know, going back to this important, but something that, you know, we, we repeatedly talk about, which is uh, comprehensive sexuality education and, and things like very that. So, uh, that is very much, I believe, part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But also uh, sexuality education is not confined to schools and the school right. curriculum. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's something that we engage in collectively as a society, you know. So parents uh, have to be on board very much on that. Often the parents are the, the teenagers' uh, first port of call uh, when there are any problems. Although I, I think the general tendency is for teenagers to talk to each other and their friends because they right. come to an age where they find it awkward to talk to their parents perhaps. yeah. But still parents play a very important role uh, in addressing some of these issues and how a parent reacts uh, is critical in shaping how safe a child or young person feels mm-hmm. uh, in talking about these issues. Uh, similarly, educators, as I mentioned, uh, can play a very important role. And those of us that are adults, you know, uh, that are mentoring younger people or uh, even relatives that we have, uh, nieces, nephews, you know, younger children that we engage with, uh, let's play our part in creating this safe space lab to discuss the issues. Uh, and also let's be better aware uh, about them so that we are well equipped to do so. 
Karen, do you think we need um when when like the country as a whole um when, whether you look at uh, you know the political uh, sphere or just society at large, right? Do we need to start putting more emphasis on children's issues? Um, because like for example, like YB Hanayo has been a big proponent of this. She says that actually in terms of like on a ministerial level, there needs to be a separate ministry altogether um, that focuses on on children's issues and things like that. Um, in light of all this exploitation, pedophilia, and so on and so forth, and just other issues that they face, do you think we need to start taking these matters more seriously than we already are? Absolutely. Uh, I think child rights uh, is, is fundamental to the well-being of uh, any society. Mm-hmm. Uh, children are our, well, you know, uh, our treasure. Yeah? Uh, the next generation is something that's so important to, to care for, particularly in the wake of the pandemic. As I said, yeah, uh, the impact on children and young people's uh, development Education and learning has been severe, you know. Uh, also, the impact on their psychological and emotional state. And I, I think we are all just coming out of the pandemic, slowly recovering from that. And uh, because children are not like adults, yeah, they don't necessarily have the mental and emotional resources or the physical resources to cope uh, with that kind of uh, gap or loss. So we also need to ramp up our mental health care interventions to address uh, children and adolescents Absolutely. And to, to better support them. Before we wrap this conversation up, Karen, would you have a final message for us? Yes. Uh, my final message would be to constantly uh, keep your radar up for these issues, uh, particularly for the issue of uh, child sexual abuse. It's going on in our uh, societies, uh, right, right under our noses. Uh, we are very concerned about issues like incest, uh, sexual abuse in the family, and online grooming because uh, the impact of these uh, uh, violations it's often lifelong, yeah, and it's not just the life of the child, but uh, the lives of entire families are also destroyed in the process. So it's a very serious issue. Whether we are talking about child pornography or uh, children consuming uh, porn, you know, I think the bigger question is really the safety and well-being of our children. So I encourage everyone out there uh, to to be kept well aware and well informed of the issues. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Ashran. Have a great day. That was Karen Lai. She's the Program Director at the Women's Centre for Change, WCC. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.